Welcome to Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning. It is Thursday. I almost said Wednesday. I'm having issues this week with my days of the week. This week is just flying by fast. Normally, we hear Georgette talk about life and what her struggles are and things like that, but something came up and she decided to put on a special guest. Hey. How are you? Uh, I'm well, excellent. I am a jazz of God, taking up grace for Gigi, Georgette. With the vitality vibes, juiced up this rising. How are you? How's I'm everyone? Doing, we are doing good. How about we start with what? Introduce yourself and what you do. Yeah. How about we start with what? Um, your name and I heard you do a lot of different things, so I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I am jazz. I go by jazz. Jazz of God is my full alias. Um, my real name is Jay Taija. I also go by perseverance uh, in my yoga. I educate yoga to youngsters and youthful adults. I also influence on holisticism, health. Vitality, as well. I'm as well an artist, so that pretty much embodies it all. Uh, artist of paint, uh, fashion, sewing, and different other mediums. Music. So yeah, that's a that's a bit brief of me. Let's start with the yoga. I'm oh, going to yeah. get a little stereotypical here. Okay. You're a man. What got you into mm-hmm. yoga? What got me into it? Uh, I got into yoga possibly about 2016. I had firstly injured myself. I injured myself, and um, I wanted to go a more holistic route of healing and rehabilitating. Um, So from there, I had basically started rehabilitating through yoga. Yin yoga was the first uh, set of yoga I was practicing daily for, like, a year to get more into that uh, inner yin chi type of energy that uh, allows us to take control of ourselves, heal ourselves, send 
often, you know, good thought to basically be in homeostasis again, like uh, balanced, healed. So yin yoga was my first. And I started willing to educate and further my certifications on yoga possibly like two years ago. Um, it was a beautiful practice for me. I wanted to learn more about it. So I, I basically ended up enrolling at a studio to get my certification hours. And it's been a daily thing for me since. I got into it off of being hurt, though, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I love how we end up in rabbit holes. Hang on. Someone's got a loud. There we go. If you're not speaking, please mute your phone because a lot of the background noise makes a lot of sound, so it's hard to hear. I'm not talking about you. We had a caller with had the phone off of mute, and it was hard to hear. Um, I love what I call, we call, I call them rabbit holes. So something happens in life and we start gravitating towards something like for you, it was yoga and we enjoy it so much that we start researching it and getting certifications and keep going and expanding. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that definitely was a, it's definitely still an ongoing rabbit hole for me of expansion with yoga. Like I learned something new within it every day. It's like when I first started, I know I thought it was just physical. I thought it was just like the physical aspects of yoga, like that was just it, the asanas or the poses. But then when I began to continue practicing, I I found out that it was way more than that. Like, you know, the prana, your breath, is the main part of yoga. And then, you know, I got deeper into meditation and things like that, other aspects of it. So it's definitely an ongoing rabbit hole of learning something new within it, even about yourself, you know, through our life's experiences, keeping track of it. That is one thing I do like about yoga is um, do you ever work with a lot of veterans, especially ones that experience or going through a lot of trauma issues. Because mm-hmm. yes. the, one, the one big misconception with um, therapies is that you're only fixing the mind. But to actually really overcome trauma, you have to fix the mind and the body. And that's right. the one tool like I always encourage a lot of my clients to go through and use yoga or a different Tai Chi or something else that works with the mind and the body because it helps get you centered to deal with the mind issues. But a lot of the symptoms that people don't realize, especially when it comes to trauma, is physical. You know, from stomach issues. And for me, for instance, it's migraines. So as you're doing different practices and different yogas, you're connecting that mind and body to keep going and being able to 
put the pieces of the puzzle together without having to physically talk about the situation. Because the biggest misconception is, is the only way to get over it is to talk about it. Right. And really, yeah. but, you know, I, I work on a new theory where you don't have to talk about the issue. You have to understand the issue. So mm-hmm. if you can put the mind and body together internally, that's great. That works. Yeah, and and that's that's the beautiful practice of it because it allows you to operate with your mind, body, spirit, find more liberation to overcome what's possibly traumatic, you know, or hurtful to you. So, yeah, that's that's the importance of yoga. It's very imperative, really. I feel like, especially with uh, therapy. You know, it's definitely not all about the talk. You know, sometimes you have to sweat it out. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes tears work. Sometimes you got to sweat it out. You know. And, yeah, yeah. The, physical, the, the physical disciplines is definitely needed to help ground and internalize and integrate what you're learning from the trauma because that's all it's there for us to do is to learn from it. Our pain and our trauma is there for us to learn from, to build vitality off of. Now, you said you work with a lot of... <coughs> Sorry, I've been getting ready for winter. I live in Minnesota, so we're, like, cleaning uh, dust and getting ready to shut the yes. house up. So I'm dealing with issues. Um, you said you work with a lot of cats. Yes. How have you work found with, with kids, especially um, kids with attention issues, how yoga helps them be able to... Um, I would say... To deal with all that and help learn, teach them how to self-regulate and center themselves so when they're in the classroom they can take the mind and body work and put it into that scenario. Right. So I say it's a little different with the youngsters. Um, You know, their attention span is a little shorter. Um, But uh, they, they pretty much be interested. It depends on how you present it to them. So how I present it I, I kind of go at it, you know, in a in a playful way where I, I relate to uh, life things or life uh, influences like animals sometimes to get their the physical aspect of yoga digress. Uh, more so of the mental and the spiritual or energetical aspect of it, like the breath part. I mean, just through certain breathing exercises, that that really brings them more to the center of the floor and the ground to be attentive. It it puts us in a synchronicity uh, when we breathe together. As long as they are willing to do the breath exercise, they're pretty much there. They're going to be uh, intrigued from there, interested. 
because certain things goes off in their mind when that breath just ignites with them. And then they be also, like, intrigued off, you know, like, certain poses, you know, possibly events or stuff like that. So, like, oh, wow, how do you do that? So, you know, once you... Once you got them like that, they just like, you know, they up to listen then when they see they can do something like real cool, so to say, or find more control with their body and their mind. So they they be with that. But um, keeping them in attention, sometimes you just got to let them do what they do. If they not there and they miss out, like they miss out. But, you know, sometimes get them back to, to the uh, center of it all, you know. Let them play it out. And they, they end up finding their way back to the uh, center of attention. You know, since you're, the, mm-hmm. since you're an artist and all, do you take the, as I've seen some pretty cool ones, I got my son, my daughter likes yoga in general. That's her meditation. That's her quiet space, her quiet time. And But my son, right. I couldn't get him into doing it at first, but we found some really cool ones where it's like Star Wars. And so they mm. act out stories in yoga poses. Wow, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I do it sometimes. Like I might make a story about the form life and act out the different form animals through yoga poses stuff like that, or the jungle life, mainly wildlife, where we can imitate uh, animals more so. That's how I like to keep it. But yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, ways that you can incorporate, like today's anime and cartoon imagination to yoga. We be doing holiday themes and stuff like that. Not too much of my thing, but yeah. Whatever you can do to keep the kids interested long enough to start figuring out how much fun it is. Because, you know, the biggest misconception when it comes to yoga is that it's boring. You're sitting there doing stretches in your mind, and you have to sit and be quiet. That was my misconception until... Yoga is big in the army. A lot of us go and do it in addition to PT. And so a buddy of mine started getting me into it. And I'm like, I can't sit still quietly and do this. It's just not. I'm, I was in the army, so I always use the excuse I'm a girl, so I have to be quiet. Right. And it's hard for people like me to do things like that. This is why God gave me a radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Nah, so, yeah, the kids, the youth, they really, mm, I I also have, like, the way that uh, my representation is, I reckon, like, they really be with, like, on a whole of seriousness with me. Like, in a way, like, I, I be able to play with them. They they can have a great time, but, like, uh, 
when I deal with the youth, they develop a certain type of seriousness where they, like, challenge and willing to learn more. Like, challenged in a good way. So they they be loving to show me what they have. And I feel like that's mainly all the youth. You just have to present it to them in a way like, yeah, I'm capable too. Like, I could do this too. And then once you show them that, they like, oh, I could do this too. Like, so then they, like, engage more. So that's kind of how I begin them. I love it. They challenge, they challenge me in a good way, too, make me better myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's talk a little bit about your art and being an artist. Because it seems like you take everything from around you and use it to help Inspire others. Right. Yes. So my my art that is uh that is one of my ways to help inspire others. Um it's really one of my biggest ways where I transmute my inspiration where I'm inspired by others. So it's just it's like a hand in hand thing. Dealing with my art. Um, mainly I've been operating within music, um, as of lately within the past year. I haven't been painting too much and drawing or nothing like that. Maybe I draw up something that I want to eventually get back to to paint. But, uh, musically, I have been inspiring others through, like, instruments, drums, and ceremonies and things like that. And that's really been a key, key component to um, our healing nature, our healing component. It's been a good key component to music. <laughs> um, really just finding a space and grace to flow with being a conduit of spirit coming through, utilizing your vessel, and playing notes that our inner sense need to hear. <laughs> so it's like, you know, this stuff be coming out of, like, nowhere, it seems like. Um, that's the beautiful part I love about music and ceremonial uh, settings, like playing instruments and whatnot. This, um really allowing music to be and take control and flow through your uh best you know. So yeah, that that really helps liberate ones that's around. So people be dancing and get get uh traumas out by stumping their feet, clapping their hands. Maybe grabbing an instrument they sell. So I've been noticing a lot of liberation within that realm of art. The uh, instrumentals, jazz, or tribal drum circles. Um, 
And I also deal with words and poetry as well. And dealing with that inspiration, that, that kind of helps that helps people as well. Like, you know, sometimes within the experience, somebody might be going through something or something might be correlating. And I may not know exactly the words, but I may have wrote about something before or maybe maybe spirit just take over and I may, like, start freestyling what's going on in rhythm. And that's been a good uh, inspiring thing as well to uh, keep it fresh and new for the young minds that surround me and myself, you know, making a connection to uh, to art, to the imagination, to our freedom of thought, you know, so just connecting that, being able to connect that with uh, freestyle or rhythm is a good thing. And people have been uh, grateful for around me as well. More gratitude than showing up in conversation just from building in these artful circles, playing music or presenting my voice or poetry. Yeah. You know, you've been around the block a few times. And, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of things. And, you know, with the increase of social media and the increase of separation, and by that I'm talking about, you know, people think that because they're behind, like, a keyboard or a voice behind a podcast or a radio show, that they can create this atmosphere where they're up here and everybody else is down here. And if you don't agree with everybody, we're going to trash them. We're going to destroy them. You know, we're, you know, we are in this strong cancel culture where you make a mistake 30 years ago, it's going to come back and haunt you. Right. And we, uh, I personally believe we need to go back into this mind frame where we need to, you know, practice forgiveness and look at things mm-hmm. more than face value. Indeed. And move on. Yeah. Indeed. So I feel that's the way of uh, clearing karma. Uh, by tuning into gratitude and bringing um, realization to these uh, factors, you know, of of gratitude, really. Like, you know, that it could be worse, you know, but you find some type of thanksgiving. (laughs) And... Yeah, I feel like that's that's what is missing a lot. But, uh, 
it's coming around more. Depends on how how you're operating, for real. Like, you know, what you're attracting towards you. Because, um, yeah, the more gratitude and I've been giving, the more it's been showing up, more grace been showing up. Um, as well, yeah, I feel like, you know, certain karmas and traumas be getting cleared just by taking a moment to be grateful. And I, I, I'm i not the only one that's realizing this truth as well. We'd be in a better place if we was to just give a moment of gratitude every day. And especially if we can make it more persistent, then we'd be living in it. Hey, still there? Still there? Yep. Oh, I'm listening. Oh, yeah. How, you know, everybody preaches about mindset. Mm-hmm. You see it about, see it everywhere. And there's three different versions of mindset, the way that I look at it. So you have mm-hmm. the delusional that are gaslighting. Everything has to be great. Everything has to be happy. You know, if I'm not happy, something's wrong or it's someone else's fault. You mm-hmm. have the middle people who believe, all right, things could be better, but you know what? I survived it and deal with the reality of things. And then you have the negative who the world's going to end and we're going to, you know, they live on social media. They live on these places where it's all about fear mongering and they absorb everything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's insane. (laughs) I personally believe that, you know, um, the negative is just as, and the gaslighting over positive is just as toxic as the negativity. Yes. I can agree as well. Uh, I feel like in the midst of giving gratitude, in, in order to be able to give gratitude, you have to, you had to be done face what possibly didn't have you in gratitude, <laughs> like what possibly had you upset or not as grateful before. Um, realizing, you know, where you came from, which was possibly a lesser place or like a worse place. Because, like, you know, when you come to gratitude, it's like, oh, you come to a betterment of self. Uh, so the middle, like, the middle people, I feel like, you know, that's, that's a good neutral way to be in a way because, like, you're, you're really wait not waiting, but uh, equipped and brace for, you know, what's worse to come and what's best to come. 
or what worse could possibly happen or more so what's best to come. Um, being too, like, positive dampers certain people experience that's not living where you're possibly at. You know, that's all good and things like that. They may be having problems going on and stuff, so I feel like it's good to be able to cope with people in different spaces, you know, different levels of whatever it is, whether it's mindfulness, consciousness, finances, whatever, should be able to meet people where they are at and uh, at least raise or lead people towards their gratitude as well. More, more of their gratitude and expansion. You know, you talk a lot about consciousness. Do you want to explain to our listeners a little bit what that means? Consciousness is basically what you just talk about with the mindset. So our consciousness is, I feel, is mindfulness. Um, just being aware is another key word for consciousness. Aware about your doings. Your doings from the moment by moment, you know, of what you're doing and what's possibly being done to you. There's levels of consciousness, you know. Um, yeah, more so than anything, it's just being tuned in and aware of what you're doing, what you're consuming, what you're giving, you know, and being in tune with your purpose and your plan. So that's, that's pretty much what consciousness is to me. Yeah, you know. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it's just uh, yeah, it's just intelligence, just divine intelligence, or just uh, yeah, intelligence really. Yeah. Awareness. And it's not right. like a lot of people talk about it as intelligence, which it is, but it's not like book smart. It's not everything you know. It's having right. that awareness to of what you don't know. Right. And start contemplating, yeah. you know, this happened because this, this did, you know, and being aware of everything around you. Right. Yeah, making making those calculations with intuition, building record with intuition. I feel like uh, strengthens your consciousness, not just books and what you know, like you were saying, of what you can possibly pick up in an external world through uh, school or university. A lot of consciousness comes from inner journeys, like uh, digressing, you know, the traumas and stuff like that, or 
your rights and wrongs, your inner truth, your mindset and stuff like that. Like that's a great deal of the conscious as well. Now, you know, you use art as an outlet for dealing with what you go through in your in you know life. How important is it for people to find a constructive, healthy, and I say it that way because I deal with a lot of veterans that have very unhealthy ways to deal with things, right. to have that healthy outlet? Uh, it's very imperative, very important to have a healthy outlet such as Grounding yourself within a physical discipline like yoga or, like you said, Tai Chi, something that's dealing with progressing longevity, processing longevity, like looking forward for longevity, you know, for your life to be extended, um, your life force, or anything that's cultivating your energy in a practice that you can, like, uh, live through and be practical is very important because other than that, how else are you going to keep track of yourself? How are you going to keep track of your growth? It's hard to keep track of our growth um, just living day to day without keeping a record um, physically or at least a mental record of, you know, checkpoints. Um, And within yoga, you're able to hit a daily or however often you practice type of checkpoint. And with art as well, just as many times as you're willing to go to the laboratory or the layer to create or the dungeon, wherever you create, however often you go there, you're you're um, expanding more and more, progressing more and more, learning something new within that session, imaginatively or even about yourself, existentially. So yeah, it's very important to uh, ground self and our thoughts and ideas within a practice. Um, Art, if we can, like I say, just right off rip, keeping record of your growth. I mean, writing alone is art. You know, it don't have to be rhyme. It don't have to rhyme. It don't have to be uh, typed up in a grammatic format. It, you know, as long as we just like jot something down of of a piece of the experience, that's art too. That's keeping up with life's art that's happening on each one of us. You know, our life is art. So if we can tend to find love about it, to keep record about it, uh, we'll find our minds in a more healthier space. And we'll find more grace about life. 
as that's what I've been learning more and more. As I've been letting go and letting God. You know, one thing you keep talking about that I love that you keep talking about is the fact that you keep learning. You keep growing. You never, you know, so many people in different fields think that they've got this certifications, they've got these fancy little things, degrees, whatever. They know it all. And they stop learning. They stop growing and adjusting. Right. And that's yeah. the one cool part, and it's also the bad part of living in this generation and this time period, because we're learning so many new things. Right. Age of information. That's what they say. The age of information. We got so much technology where it pretty much got everything in records of history on the web. So, like, yeah, we we could definitely continuously keep learning, but it's a matter of how conscious we've been about it. The more the more mindful we be about learning and pinpoint our focus towards learning something specific and concept, then you can realize more growth as well. But whether or not it's happening, <laughs> like we're, we're part of life that's learning us and we're learning it. Period. Whether Everyone is being mindful or not. Yeah. You know, information is out here. As I've been going through different rabbit holes um, and started getting into the whole meditations, yoga, mindset, mm-hmm. it's not a new thing. This has been around for centuries. Yeah, seriously. Thousands. And they're finding out, and it's, to me, it's mind-blowing for me. Because, you know, you look back hundreds of years ago, they didn't have fancy machines to tell you how things worked. Right. They trial and errored it and learned how it worked. And, like, you go over to, like, um, India, and you see some, and over in the middle, um, over in Asia, these temples. Right. And they have, it's really cool, they have these, temples, these structures that the pillars that hold up the walls, they have learned that different frequencies of music and sound have different effects on your body. You know, the Agorian Mm -hmm. chants from, you know, the old world actually have healing powers. And if you go over to Asia and stuff, these pillars, you turn them as they're holding up the ceiling and the whole building will and you make certain sounds resonate differently and have different healing powers. I mean, the mm-hmm. old world that's been around forever, they were on the right track. And now it's taken modern science to sit there and say, yeah, they're right. We're wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's taken modern science to, to be like that, but it's like, yo, is are they going to um, 
actually, I mean, they admitted it, but it's like, are they going to omit it? Like, omit those ways again? Because, you know, those ways be highlighted on how right it was, but it's like nobody in the elite or, you know what I'm saying, leadership, it's not really uh, presenting these ancient indigenous ways more so than anything of cultivating culture. We're going to see change like that is the general population has to stand up and stop looking for the quick fix, looking for the, and looking at alternatives. Only right. way affect, change is going to happen is it's got to affect the pocketbook. You know, it's like for me when I work with clients, the first thing I sh- tell them is let's work. Let's look at this music. How does this resonate with you? Let's look at this frequency sound. Let's adjust it. You know, and I use it all on my kids. You know, we look at alternatives, and this is the one thing that I'm really thankful for is the Mayo Hospital System. As we go to the Mayo Hospital in Rochester, Minnesota, they are now having a whole new area just on holistic medicine, looking at frequency music and hypnotherapies, yoga, mm. meditation, over yeah. medication. You know, they're looking yeah. at things a little bit differently. That's going to take yeah. doctors like that to get to see that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I love that, actually. I do be seeing hints of that, you know, certain universities converting over, like, so into holisticism and learning more holistic ways of learning and also treating hearing more so than anything, really getting to the cure of it all. yeah, for for all of us to be on that, yeah, it's definitely going to take more of the general population to make a stand in each uh, each areas where wherever they want to change. You know, we going by state boards and all that stuff. So, and then we got the whole nation <laughs> to make a stand. But yeah, that's time and time to come, time and time again. Who knows? But as of now, like, it's definitely up to our individuals for whoever's timing in with this uh, radio station. Uh, Big up to you. Uh, Big hug to yourself for listening and seeking for something. Seeking for a new word, you know. Daily is definitely something new out there to uh, inspire us something new to learn from, Um, opportunities, signs is all around us. It's a matter of us uh, finding that practice and to join the good fight as well or the liberated acts, you know, for yourself and for your uh, community. And then, bit by bit, we shall be much of a better world, you know, firstly, immediately around you and your local and your community. And then we can eventually meet up in bigger masses, 
and make bigger change. But it starts with our individual and our practice. Yes. The only way we're going to see this change is standing up and saying this is what we want. We're willing to, you know, the hardest part for a lot of people is actually putting in the work and not looking for the quick fix. Because I know, like, for instance, um, my son had stomach issues, and we finally got a doctor to look at it and figure out what's wrong with them. Well, it turns out because he's autistic, he regulates what the problem is, is he regulates after he snaps. So him holding everything in until he snaps is what's causing the stomach issues. And the first words mm. out of teacher's mouths in our school was, are you going to put him on an antipsychotic med? I'm like, no, he's seven. Why? Right. And yeah. As parents, we need to start standing up and telling our schools that you can't do this. You know, just because it's going to make your life easier, I'm not going to put my child on meds just to... Right. Yeah, see, at those at those points, it's like... Like, it's hard to put up a fight with with the board of school board or something like that. It's not, you know, it's not impossible. It's like, you know, with certain levels of, of the system or these systems, you know, to really uh, really see a difference. Sometimes it takes for us to, like, deprogram it and step outside of it. So, in it, for instance, like, in situations like that, probably best to, like, you know, take full control of, you know, how your uh, son is being handled, you know. Like or something like that. Yeah. Originally, that's how it was, you know, talking these uh, indigenous ways of cultivating culture. You know, it was mainly all brought up in at home or on our local land. You know, you know, we go all outside of our community that have everything to offer or should at least to uh, give some form of education to our youth and they don't have to be like that, you know. uh, Life is full of lessons, you know, and you can learn all around you. And uh, if we was keeping record like like we should, we could definitely form more educating school-like spaces um, for local communities or villages, so to say. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. And you brought up a good point. It's just being present. It's being there. You know, talking to parents, talking to kids, getting off electronic devices. You know, 
um, back when we were, I was a kid, you know, the big saying was, TV's not a babysitter. You know, our parents used to tell us that, you know, don't sit too close, you know, it's going to wreck your eyes. And, you know, don't watch it too long, it's going to make you stupid. It's like we forgot all that with the invention of the computer and the Internet because we're doing the same thing that we were warned not to do in a whole worse level. Right. You know, kids at three are getting cell phones and electronic, hell, they're born with electronic devices now. It's like we're not letting our kids be kids and allowing them to play. Yeah, because firstly, our first big biggest teacher is nature, natural nature, at that. Not uh, seeing anything too wrong with technology, like it's cool and all, you know. I like where it's going in the way. Some things I uh, I don't care too much for. A lot of it, really. But, you know, some of the evolution, like, you know, dealing with the sound therapies and stuff like that, you know, how science is realizing and uh, respecting the holistic aspects of technology more is what, what I agree with. Um, but, yeah, our first big teacher is nature, you know what I'm saying? That's where technology is uh, emulated or imitated from, you know, the, the technology that's within nature. So if we not really out there plugging our feet into nature, you know what I'm saying, uh, how kids and youngsters usually would be coming up, <clears throat> it's nothing to go outside, you know what I'm saying, with your shoes off, socks off, and be free in nature, or run through the elements and stuff like that, and hear it from your parents, you know why and why not to be out there at certain times and stuff like that. But, like, you know, the fact that we're so captivated by these black screens, yeah, it kind of disconnects us from natural nature, tuning us more into unnatural nature, which is, like, further man-made things. (laughs) Yeah. Like technology, you know, these phones, TVs, kind of disconnects us. Right? Yeah, but it, I, yeah. A lot of parents disagree with my parenting methods because my kids' form of punishment is they can't go outside. That's like the end of the world. So, you know, and I have two gifted kids. And so, you know, I bring the sandbox in the garage in the wintertime, you know. You know, yesterday they raked up all the leaves in the yard and took the pool ladder and was jumping in the leaf pile at the swimming pool. You know, I'm one of those that, you know, I have the supply of glue and stuff to make slime, we always have it in our house, and Play-Doh, and so my house is never clean, but, you know, parents look at it as like, oh my God, it's a mess. You know, they need, it's easier just to give them the tablet so that the house stays clean. Like, and experience nature through a screen. I go, you can't do that. 
You wonder why your kids, you know, don't go to sleep. Do you wonder why kids don't sit still? They have no self-control. They don't get to burn off any of that energy. They're always sitting. Yeah, that's not good. Stillness is good, but it's not good to always be sitting and still, especially physically. Finding stillness in the mind is good, but, yeah, just sitting there, sitting there, playing a game and watching TV and stuff, is good. especially after hours. I wouldn't even give, give you a cup that much. But, yeah, that's how I used to be punished as well. That was my discipline. I couldn't go outside. There was no technology. Couldn't go outside. That was a big killer for me. And, yeah, um, also, what was it? Couldn't go outside, couldn't play technology. Oh, yeah, and I also had to write out why, perhaps, because it was always something that got me into that consequential space. Like, so I had to write out why I possibly chose to do what I chose to do, stuff like that. I think that was a good method. I thank my mother for that. I had to always write out why. What was my what was my reason? Or or even why I deserve to go outside. Like it used to be stuff like that. I had to write that out. So at the same time I was developing a writing skill and reflective skills. Yeah, that was good. That was a good experience. Yeah, shouts out to all of the parents that's uh, still being present in their children's lives, you know, being mindful, you know. That is so, so true, and it's something we need to be more aware of, you know, having a couple hours, you know, um, I've talked to a lot of successful businessmen and they started out with their kids and made this big mistake of giving their kids everything. And the kids are still bugging them when they walk in the door, getting home from work. And then they're they're finally getting that switch to realize it doesn't matter. They just want you in five, ten minutes of your time. Right. And all that, they don't need all this stuff. It's just they want to be spending time with you. Mm-hmm. Quality. And a lot of us forget, you know, when we think back to when we were kids, what was the most important thing we wanted and wish we had with our parents? Right. Yeah, that's something to not be envious of. That's something to definitely get, you know, like whatever you didn't receive, you should be going an extra percentage to allow your offspring to receive. That's how my mother's job. 
we are running on a <coughs> water went down the wrong pipe. We are running on a time for today. Okay, right over. Well, it was a pleasure having you on today. I hope you come on more often. Hey, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Um, I give thanks for the gracious space for this radio station. Um, give thanks for the vitality and vibes. Give thanks for Gigi, uh, Juiced Up. I give thanks for Divinity linking us up, um, allowing this opportunity to be. Gratitude, giving, graciously living. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> a great day. You too. So join us back here at noon Eastern time in a little over an hour. And we have a special guest on family time. It is Fanny Martin. And she is a board certified holistic health and wellness coach. She created her own app to help caregivers stop, take a break, and take care of themselves because you can't take care of others until you take care of yourself. So join us back here at noon Eastern. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for being a Have a good day. Have a good night. We'll talk to you again at noon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count. Show.